Hello everyone, this is Amy. And this is Elise. And we are Growing Up Gilmore. This week we are discussing Season 3, Episode 9, A Deep Fried Korean Thanksgiving. Okay, we are back for a Thanksgiving episode in the middle of winter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were talking before the episode about how this one feels like a very fast episode. It is. Not a lot happens, like drama-wise, but I think that's pretty consistent with the timing of the show. Mm -hmm. Like, it's stars hollow. Things move slowly. And it's like the middle... Of the season. Right. You know, episode nine. Right. And they gave us what we wanted or what Mm -hmm. so many of us wanted that now they're like, all right, let's all just take a breather for a second. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like a super thrilling episode, but a lot. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It feels like you are at Thanksgiving. Totally. Totally. Um, Let's dive right into our writer and director. Our director this week is Kenny Ortega. Again? Yeah, we just had him. Um, Yeah. Okay. So he's uh, just a quick, um, what was the last episode he did? They shoot. The dance marathon. Yeah. 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 So he's directed 12 episodes total. Um, His next episode he'll direct is this season, Face Off. Okay. But he is known for The Descendants, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Bunheads, Ally McBeal, mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus. Yeah. What was the movie that High you said? High School Musical. High School Musical. <laughs> See, I didn't even write it down. I totally forgot. And the most recent Footloose, I think he did too. And Newsies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot. That he man has. has had like a full career. Yes. And he shares the same last name as Jenna Ortega. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. I wonder if there's an, there's got to be no relation. No, I doubt it. But it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then our writer is Dan Palladino. Okay. Now that you say that, I'm trying to think if there's any anti-Semitism in the episode, <laughs> but I don't recall any. Um, but let's see. I think there's a... Um, wasn't there a Mussolini joke? Oh, yep. Totally. And I think a Stalin joke, too. Is it Stalin? It may have been yeah. Stalin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. Um, okay. Kenny Ortega. So soon. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if they had him for like a, a few weeks or something and were like, all right, let's do some episodes. Let's bust them out real yeah. quick. Because, I mean, 12 episodes, he does go on to direct a, quite a bit more. Yeah. They, mu- she, they must have really impressed him with They Shoot Gilmore's, don't they? Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so. I would imagine so. Kenny really stepped up. <clears throat> yeah, he did. It's the whole dance thing, so. I, yeah, there must be, like, a a choreographed way that he does his direction mm-hmm. that she, that really appealed to yeah. Amy Sherman. Palladino. Or I wonder if, they, because she was a dancer herself, too, because true. he did bunheads and stuff, so. That is true. Maybe there's a relationship there between her mom Wait, but, and Kenny wait, Ortega, yeah, too. Yeah. Wait, did bunheads come out after? Before Gilmore. Okay, it did come out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it could be. There could be a, a deep, not a deep connection, but a connection. I bet that's deep. There. Don't, you, you don't need deep? to. Yeah. 
You think it's real, like, deep that on another level, Mm -hmm. they connect. Yeah. I mean. I hope so. Sure. Why not? I would love to be on a deep level with Kenny Ortega. Not, like, don't. (laughs) You can keep on talking. Okay. We're just going to. Okay. We're just going to start right with the episode. (laughs) Here we go. We have a really short and sweet cold open to this episode where they are watching um Grey Gardens. Grey Gardens, thank you. And they're discussing the mother-daughter relationship in the show and how funny it is and how much they love it and then Lorelai makes this offhand comment like in 50 years that's going to be us and then they both sit there and like equally get more and more unsettled and Rory's <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh, that is going to be us." And then they're both frowning as it goes away. Mm-hmm. As it blacks out, I should say, not goes away. But uh, I don't have a lot of experience with Grey Gardens, actually. Oh, you do it. Okay. I'm telling you, you need to watch the documentary. Okay. This is the order you need to watch this in. Okay. Documentary. Got it. Then watch the HBO movie with Jessica Lange and Drew Barrymore. Okay. I'm telling you, it's amazing. The acting okay. is so good in it. Okay. Stellar. Then okay. go to YouTube and type in Bill Hader and Fred Arniston oh and watch God. their their version. You know, I really... It's amazing. It's so funny. I cannot stand Fred Arniston. I know. I know you can't. <laughs> but you'll... But he's so good in it. I believe you. I believe you. I My I, first exposure, actually, to Grey Gardens was on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, really? Okay. Because, that makes sense. Um, that tracks. Jinx Monsoon in the Snatch Game, where they, like, act as different people, mm-hmm. um, they went as Edie. Okay. And had, like, a big magnifying glass and, like, the <laughs> They went as big Edie then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was very funny. Even though I had no... Out of context, yeah. yeah no context whatsoever. Oh, it's so much... It's it's not... It's great. It really, truly is. Um, yeah. I can, di- I can do a little bit of a little Edie impression. Oh, okay. <laughs> can I see it? Yeah. Okay. We let's... don't have to add this in, maybe if it doesn't work. But... Okay. Okay. <clears throat> this, is all, this is obviously the best costume for the day, you see. It also, because I, I don't really like, you understand, I don't really like skirts on women. So if you want to put the skirt on and put pants underneath, but then you can also take the nylons and you can put them up over the pants, under the skirt. This is the best costume for the day. <laughs> but you can also take off the skirt and use, as a, as, use it as a cape. Mother wanted me to come out in a kimono. We had quite the fight. <laughs> I totally butchered that. I mean, I wouldn't know. But it's so funny. It's just great. Okay. Everyone, I will need sorry, to watch you that. had to listen to my little Edie impression. No, I loved it. But no, Drew Barrymore, both Jessica Lang and Drew are so good in it. Okay. I will. Do it. Everyone do it. I will do that. I I did start watching Ginny and Georgia, too, which we can talk at the end about. But yeah. Okay, good. Because I need something else after this. (laughs) So that's perfect. Um, Yeah, it's just kind of fun to see them like a little unsettled and uncomfortable with the acceptance that they are going to be total weirdos if their relationship continues the way it is. (laughs) 
And I think that's fine. I get it. I'm like, I always tell my mom, I'm like, I'm pretty sure people call us Grey Gardens behind our back. So when I first saw this intro (laughs) for the first time, I was like, yes, this is so awesome. Yeah, no, it's good. I think it's good that they are like aware Mm -hmm. of the oddity that is their relationship. And And like a slippery slope. Yes. (laughs) They don't change things. They're just going to be with each other forever. Completely. I just love that this intro has absolutely nothing to do with Thanksgiving. (laughs) Like, without knowing the title, would have no idea that it was coming. It could really be a part. It could be the intro to any of the episodes. Yeah. So just like a fun little ha ha at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Following the opening, the cold open, we are at the Independence Inn. Lorelai is trying to talk Suki off a ledge because she is going to be missing Thanksgiving dinner at the inn and she's very stressed out about it. And judging the way everybody's cooking and cutting things and what's being left on the burner and all of that, she's very concerned. And I don't blame her because she's right. Her name is still attached to it, whether or not she's the one that's doing it. And Lorelai convinces her it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And in the middle of this conversation, Emily appears in the kitchen. And in the middle of their conversation, Suki says, oh, hi, Emily. Lorelai says she must be making a joke and compares her mother to Stalin. There's the (laughs) anti-Semitism. And at that point realizes that Emily really is there. And Emily (laughs) confronts her and says, I've been calling you. You've missed the last two weeks of Friday night dinners because you've been sick, but I would like you to be at dinner tomorrow. And we find out that tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Lorelai says they already have plans for Thanksgiving and Emily says they need to rearrange them because they will be going out of town until after Christmas. And this is the last time for them to be together as a family for the year. She goes, there's going to be other people there. I'm sure you could get away with hello, goodbye, pass the gravy and move on for the rest of your evening. So Lorelai says, fine, we will be there. We'll figure it out. And Emily says, and if you're still sick, I don't want a doctor's note. I want your doctor to personally come that evening and tell us that you are not well. So she's not taking no for an answer. Mm hmm. Which, it doesn't surprise me, because it's for appearances, if anything else. I think Lorelai should be there for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I do Mm. too. I mean, I get the frustration with what Richard did, but like, let's, let's move on. Yeah, come on. I mean, truly. If Rory was that upset and didn't want to go, like, that would be one thing. But I think Rory has moved on. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said her piece. She said what she needed to say to Richard. I think at that point, then she was already moved on. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's (laughs) called healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like, say your piece and keep going. Use those long leg, girl. Use those long legs, girl. I know. Yeah. I I don't know what, what the issue is. Like, for you to be upset that you go two weeks without a Friday night dinner. Richard's never there half the time anyway. (laughs) So I'm like, 
what's the tea, sis? Like, why are you not going? Lorelai is so high maintenance. Yeah, truly. She needs her mom to come grovel to her at her place of work to get her to come to dinner. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving dinner. Of all dinners. Yes. Right. And what did Lorelai think? That she was just going to get out of Thanksgiving dinner? Like, girl, you know your mother better than that. (laughs) I don't know. She is very high maintenance. And... She's the worst kind of high maintenance. Yeah. She's a high maintenance that thinks that she's low maintenance. Yes. To quote when Harry met Sally. Oh, Did you watch it yet? No, you didn't. I haven't seen that. I did watch um, You've Got Mail. Yep, that's what you watched. That's what I watched. Um, But yeah, she is high maintenance and she thinks she's low maintenance. Mm -hmm. Totally. Thousand percent Lorelai (laughs) Gilmore. Yeah, I don't know. I feel for Emily because I'm sure she's like... I just need us to move past this, especially if they're going on vacation for as long as they are. It would give me anxiety to go on vacation and like fly and stuff if my daughter was angry with me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And well, she wouldn't be able to do her. anything then. Right. She's yeah. always angry with her. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just think Lorelai needs to move on a little yeah. bit. Always. Let go. It happened. And also, are you worried that your your dad is going to find out that he was right? That Yale is a better school? Mm-hmm. Because you're both looking at the Yale pamphlet at the end of the last episode. It's just, uh, she's stubborn. Yeah, that's what it is. More than anything else. High maintenance aside, the woman can hold a grudge for a lifetime. Really? Literally, we've seen it, almost. Half her lifetime holding a grudge. (laughs) (laughs) We are back at Chilton in looks like a biology class or some sort of science class. And when the class is over, Paris, Rory, Madeline and Louise are all discussing their Thanksgiving plans. We, I think find out for the first time that Louise's dad is in jail or in prison. I don't feel like that's come up at all yet. I thought it did. Maybe. But we find out that she gets to have not a conjugal visit, but a Thanksgiving dinner with Mm -hmm. her dad. And then the next person that gets the... I I, hope not. You know what I mean. She gets to have like a (laughs) private visit with her father and they get to eat dinner. (laughs) And then afterwards is a conjugal visit with one of the Manson girls. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) Riveting. I did not pick the Manson girls for my pop culture (laughs) thing. I thought about it, but I didn't. Um And we find out that Madeline is taking time to fill out all of these backups, applications, everything for college. And Rory says she has plans. Paris doesn't even want to talk about Thanksgiving. She's trying to get into a soup kitchen to serve food on Thanksgiving because she says it will really add to her Harvard application. And they're all packed and full. And she says, people don't need this like I do. Like, talk about selfish or whatever. They're not getting anything out of it like I am. 
And the joke being that what she's getting out of it is something for school. Mm -hmm. What they are getting out of it is the kindness of (laughs) helping somebody on a holiday. But she's calling them selfish. Right. And Paris gets a phone call, answers the phone, starts having a very heated discussion with someone about not having room for her. And Rory takes that as her cue to walk away. And she does tell Rory, you do know that I'm doing this for the kindness of man, right? And Rory's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, whatever you need to hear, Paris. And that's where the scene ends. So we kind of learn the stories of each of the girls, I guess you should say, not women, girls, women, I don't know. And what they're doing over the holiday. So it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, Mad- Louise's dad being in prison isn't like a big to do. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, yeah, probably because it was like money related. Yeah. And they're just like, yep, whatever. He'll buy himself out in a few years or whatever. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool that we get to see a variety there. And, like, it's basically kind of informing, to that you have to apply to a lot of different schools. Yes. Yep. To... Yeah, it kind of, like, plants that seed in Rory's mind that mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't just be applying to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. Because even Paris has backup schools. Mm-hmm. And at this point, she appears to be a shoe-in for Harvard. So it's funny when we get to... That whole conversation in a later episode, what really kind of, what that whole thing boils down to, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so that's what the gals are doing for Thanksgiving. And we are now going to be hearing what the Gilmore Girls are doing for Thanksgiving. We are walking down the streets of Stars Hollow when we discovered that the Gilmore girls have four Thanksgiving dinners to attend. They're going to Lane's, Suki's, Luke's, and the Gilmore Thanksgiving. I couldn't think of Emily's name for a second. <laughs> um, they Oops. decide that maybe they need to cut out Luke's so they have enough time to make the other three work. And they're like, well, if we're going to cut anybody's, I'm sure Luke cares the least. So they get to Luke's. He says he's really busy stuffing two turkeys. And Lorelai says, are you sure you can do that and get ready for Thanksgiving tomorrow? But um, <laughs> And they said, you can stuff one less. We won't be able to make it. My mom shanghaied us. And now we have too many things that we need to do. And Luke immediately looks disappointed. And he's like, oh, okay, well, uh, I'll be right back with your food. And while they're gone, Rory's like, oh, my gosh, he likes us coming. He wants us to be there all these years. And we had no idea. (laughs) And they basically called themselves Cindy Lou Who and that Luke is the Grinch. So Luke comes back. Like when she goes, what do we do, Cindy Lou? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they keep making references to the Edies, mm-hmm. which I think is cute. A nice, like, callback. 
So it's nice to see like Mother wanted me to come out in a kimono. Yeah. <laughs> we had quite the fight. So. <laughs> um so when they come back, Lorelai fakes this phone call and says, um, what? Yeah, sure. Well, sounds great or whatever. Hangs up the phone and then says, what, what was the schedule for tomorrow? Because it seems like we can still make it work. And Luke's like, oh, you don't have to. And she's like, no, we'll be there. We really want to be there. So she makes it work. They are going to make it work. Luke walks away and Rory says, that was really nice of you to do that. And Lorelai says, yeah, you know, for Thanksgivings, we've been training our whole lives for this. Rory says, maybe we should eat less today in preparation for tomorrow. And Lorelai looks at her like, "Mm, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And that's where the scene ends. So what are your initial reactions to Luke's? reaction to them not making it number one turned on number two just kidding (laughs) luke is like making me hot this episode i don't know yeah he's a good looking guy anyways sorry (laughs) no i think it's really sweet yeah i don't know it's really cute i mean that's Mm. his chosen family yeah his sister is not gonna come his dad and mom are both gone so it's gonna be him and jess it's like he always he does he doesn't want to come off that he's like nostalgic or sentimental Mm -hmm. or cares about that kind of like holiday yeah Yeah. because he does make like the whole like this holiday sucks actually yeah totally joke you know not joke but you know reference to yeah. How corrupt the actual right holiday can be. Yeah. Yeah. But he wants them there. He does want to celebrate. Like, it's the point of being together with the yeah. people he wants to be with. And I think he thinks Jess is not going to sit down for dinner with me if Rory's not there. Yeah. <laughs> so he would be basically alone. But the restaurant is open. Mm-hmm. So that's the interesting part, is that he makes as much food as he does because he serves Thanksgiving dinner at his restaurant. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, that's a smart way to do it because then you can write it off (laughs) on your taxes. But yeah, I think it's very cute. And I think Lorelai does a great job of being very like sensitive to the fact that it does mean a lot to Luke. Mm -hmm. Because I could see her in other instances just be like eh he'll get over it he's luke yeah but something in her is like no this seems important so let's go yeah i mean it's thanksgiving right and if he's sad you don't want to make some like make him sad on thanksgiving right yeah yeah it's just a weird holiday (laughs) i'm turned on though i mean yeah he's cooking like an amazing meal I would definitely not miss that Thanksgiving. No, me either. Like, out of all the Thanksgivings, I would miss Lane's. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not even going to be eating real turkey. It's like tofurkey or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know. I guess that's who I would miss, if any of them. Yeah, me too. 
Okay, before we move on, <laughs> I forgot to mention that Kirk gets a cat. They run into Kirk. He's leaving on... Le Chat Club, which I think is like the cat club, yeah. but French. And he's got like a carrier, a bed, food, toys, all this stuff. And we discover that he gets a cat and names it Kirk. And Rory and Lorelai are really thrown off by this because they're like, why would you name your cat the same name as you? And he said, well, if I'm calling out Kirk, I'm obviously not talking to myself. And he said, it gets less confusing the more you think about it. And Lorelai pauses. And then she says, no, it doesn't. And they're like, what if your mom calls for you? And he goes, well, I suppose I could train my mom to say cat Kirk and human Kirk when she's calling for one of us. And he's like, I'm really glad that I talked to both of you. This I figured some stuff out. And they're like, okay, see you later, human Kirk. <laughs> Bye, human Kirk. I also, too, kind of like that, like, Kirk and his mom are kind of Grey Gardens. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Completely. Um, so then our next scene takes us to the morning of Thanksgiving. They're walking down the sidewalk, getting ready. They're going to stop at Taylor's to get flowers. And Lorelai goes inside to get a few things from the market. Rory doesn't want to go inside. She says she'll get the flowers outside. And while Lorelai goes inside, uh, Rory gets distracted by Jess, who comes up and instantly tries to start making out with her in front of the market, to which Rory pulls her, pulls him aside, like around a corner by a big plant and they kind of have this back and forth tiff because he's like, why can't I kiss you in public? She says, it just feels weird right now. Let's give everybody time. It'll be fine. And he puts together that she doesn't want Dean to see them kissing in public. And he's like, he's a big boy. And he should be able to handle it. It's not the first time anybody's ever been broken up with anybody else. And she goes, well, I don't want it to be uncomfortable. And he says, well, what if I do want it? And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but they settle that they're going to wait some time before they're like really going after each other in public for the sake of Dean's feelings, which like <clears throat> I get, <clears throat> I get, but also he'll figure it out eventually yeah right? i mean i understand not wanting to do it right in front of doses yeah like it is kind of yeah that i could understand but like does she also mean that like when they're at the gazebo they're not going to be like making out she yeah because she says secretly right we can do this secretly and and then he's like how long and, you know, she's like, just till until it's... we're comfortable. And yeah. he says, oh, until we're off on social security. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, basically. Um, I think this is kind of where we start to see the difference between Rory and Jess and why, like, 
in theory, it sounds really great and really fun to date each other, but they are going to have a lot of differences when it comes to relationships and caring about what other people think. Mm-hmm. Because Jess doesn't care what anybody thinks except for Rory. And even that is a bit of a stretch at times. <laughs> And Rory cares about what everybody thinks. So that's where it gets kind of dicey. Mm-hmm. But so the two of them do their little makeout thing around a corner and then Jess leaves. We cut to the market and Lorelai sees Dean. Um, before she sees Dean, though, she runs into Kirk, who is shopping And she says, oh, you're doing your Thanksgiving shopping? He goes, well, I am shopping and it is a holiday, but I'm not shopping for Thanksgiving. And we discover that he is covered in cuts and scratches and marks because Kirk, Cat Kirk, has basically been attacking him ever since he brought him home. Him or her, because he says the cat has not exposed its under parts yet so he's not entirely sure if cat kirk is a boy or a girl and lorelei's like i hope you get <laughs> the cat exposes itself to you soon yeah and he goes from your mouth to god's ears <laughs> but he's got like this long scratch across his neck and his hand is all cut up and he's shopping for like all of these neosporin and like Back antibacterial creams and bandages. The poor guy is just like really taking it hard. But he's staying committed to his cat, so I'll give him props for that. Lorelai then sees Dean and he's kind of like, oh God, like, do I avoid her or not? And she walks up to him and they have this whole conversation about how it's a small town and You know, people say things and see things and just because you and Rory broke up doesn't mean that we did. And I don't like how she phrases that. Yeah. It's weird. It it feels creepy. Yeah. Because he even has this look on his face where he's like, oh, really? Are you so you're telling me there's a chance? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because I really did, like, get that whole vibe from you when (laughs) I was trying to, like, sneak into Rory's room through her window and you caught me and we had this really weird exchange during season one. (laughs) Yeah. I, it's creepy. But he's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm, he's good. He's getting time and a half. Whatever. So... Lorelai pays, comes out. She's got chocolate turkeys. Rory has the flowers. She asks if he was, if Dean was in there, asks if he's doing okay. And then they are off to eat all of their Thanksgivings. And eat and eat and eat and eat. Right. Our first Thanksgiving is at the Kim residence and the Gilmore girls come in, they give her the flowers, they give her the cranberry sauce, and then they give her the chocolate turkey. And that's where Miss Kim is confused. And Lorelai's like, well, the kids can all share it. And she goes, oh, and then am I supposed to send blank checks to all of their dentists? And she's like, well, they could play with it. (laughs) 
It's like, okay, maybe just like don't do the chocolate for Mrs. Kim and let everyone else have the chocolate. Uh, But they go in and Lorelai immediately recognizes Dave Rogowski and Lane comes up and kind of pushes them to the side and says, I have established this thing where he's a Christian guitar player looking for paid side gigs And I put a bulletin board up at church. I even pretended to come across it when I was standing next to my mom. She called him and now he's here playing. This is not the Dave Rogowski that I'm in a band with. This is the Christian guitar player, Dave Rogowski. And they're like, wow, that's really elaborate and clever. They go up. Clearly, they must go every year because Lorelai knows the name of every single person in that room. Which I think is very sweet, mm-hmm. considering Miss Kim's, like, actual thoughts on Lorelai as a person. <laughs> Being, like, a, a woman with a mother out of, a child out of wedlock. Like, it's very kind of her to open her home to them on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And they come up to the table. They say everything's looking great. Uh, Dave introduces himself to them, although they've already met Dave. I think Rory has met him officially. I don't know if Lorelai has. Mm-hmm. But he keeps playing. They are getting food. She says to try the tofurkey. And that Dave really loves the tofurkey, which I'm sure he doesn't. But gotta do whatever you can to impress the in-laws. And the two of them go off to eat their food. Mrs. Kim says that Dave needs to keep playing while they eat and start playing slow or soft and and slow. He begins to play The Man Who Sold the World, which I recognized as Nirvana and you (laughs) recognized as Bowie. And it could be either one, truly, because I I mean, they play Bowie at the end. But um, they also make a Kurt Cobain reference in this episode. So that's why I assumed mm-hmm. then that it was the Nirvana one. So look at how pop culture is spreading across <laughs> the world. Um, Such a good song. It is a good song. He he does the little like guitar intro and then. Very cute. That would have like, I would have been like, I'm in love with this guy. I, and you know, Lane was. Yeah. Because she was just, like, staring right at him. And he gave this, he, like, looked off to the side and looked at her, like, yep, I just did that. <laughs> A little tease for her. And then, like, went her. into the hymn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's the cutest thing. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. And that he is willing to do all of this to get, to do it things the right way yeah. with Lane. He has, like, got that, um, he's got game. Yeah. Like, like out of all the game. guys in the show, yeah. I really think that he's got the game. Well, and that's what a lot of people say on the internet. They're like, forget Dean, Jess, and what's his face? Logie Bear. Logie Bear. Dave Rogowski is like the ultimate. Truly. I mean, he does so many great things. And he's not boring. No. You know what I mean? It's and not... his intentions are pure. Mm-hmm. That's the other part of it. Like we can't. Because well, like Logan does have game, right? Right. But there's something more like not sleazy about it, but not but... as endearing. Yes. Yeah. Where Dave is endearing. He is 
Logan and sexy. is charming because he can buy his way out of things. Mm-hmm. Where what he doesn't, yeah, it's like I don't know how to explain it. There's like lacking sentiment. There's lacking something to, yeah, I don't know how to explain it either. Yeah, I don't know <clears> if it's like an innocence level of it too. Like, we know, like, Dave Rogowski has come off as a very, like, not naive, but like, charming, clever, sweet, clever, and doing things the right way. Like, mm-hmm. he has good intentions. Yeah. And I don't know if we can say that, like, we know Jess doesn't have good intentions. I think sometimes he does, but most of the time, I think he gets a little lost. Mm-hmm. And I think Dean sometimes had good intentions, but then we see later that goes out the window. And Logan is really kind of up in the air for me as far as that goes. Like his intentionality with their relationship is befuddling Mm -hmm. but we can we will get into that (laughs) because yeah yeah i've got a lot of thoughts on that but that that, yeah i like dave that's all i gotta say i think everyone does i think he's pretty likable i know i just wish he could have stayed i know all right we'll cry about that another time Next, we find ourselves at Suki and Jackson. Suki's sitting outside covered in a blanket, I think. And they approach the table and they're like, what's going on? How are you? And Suki tells them this long tale of letting Jackson decide to cook the turkey and that he is going to deep fry the turkey in 15 pounds of peanut oil. And she is petrified of what is going to happen. Lorelai tells her that deep frying a turkey is really in, but they don't really discuss, like, how bad that can turn out. Like, I think if you deep fry a turkey, it could explode in the pot. Like, I've heard things like... Don't a lot of people deep fry? Yeah, a lot of people do. I've heard things where if it's not, like, thawed correctly or something, it can, like, explode. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people end up in the emergency room for deep frying turkeys. Um, I've never had a deep fried turkey as much as I can remember. I think my brother has. I think his in-laws deep fry turkey. I've never had it. Yeah, me either. I would try it though. I just don't want to fry it. At that point, they hand Suki a beer and she says, keep them coming. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yes. One of Jackson's cousins. Oh. Is like Jesse. Um, Jesse Pinkman. Pinkman's like um, friends. The one that talks like this. With the, the blonde one. hair. The blonde hair? No, the, curl- the dark curly hair. Oh. He's like, oh man, he's always talking like that. I don't remember him at all. You would if you saw it. Okay. I was like looking. I'm like, how do I know him? I can hear his voice and everything. I just looked it up. Well, the one guy looks like Kurt Cobain. Yeah. <laughs> like a Kurt Cobain knockoff or whatever. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Fun fact. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jackson's family is really intense. Even the grandma was like screaming for mm-hmm. the deep fried turkey. This does look like a fun Thanksgiving though. Oh, totally. 
I would love to have Thanksgiving and be able to, like, cook it outside. Mm -hmm. I feel like we always have snow on Thanksgiving, though. It's usually pretty cold. This year we didn't. No. But it was still cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's what Suki's doing, just waiting, worrying about the inn now, and also worrying whether or not her husband is going to explode her organically grown turkey. We arrive at Luke's to see Kirk and he has told Lorelai and Rory that 60% of his body is covered in wounds and scratches and goes into this whole story. Babette and Maury kind of interject throughout and Maury's like, that's one uncool cat. And Babette says, I like cats and I like Kirk. It's really hard. It's probably like 50-50 and that's a high compliment. (laughs) And he says that the only way he thought he could escape cat Kirk is by getting completely naked and hiding underwater. And then he admits that the cat seemed to have gotten more power from being in the water and that's where all of the scratches came from. (laughs) And Lorelai says, well... I mean, at least you're getting a little break now and you can enjoy your food. And Kirk says, I can't taste anything. And she's like, all right, well, see you later, Kirk. (laughs) Good luck, dude. It kind of reminds me of um, SpongeBob SquarePants. There's that guy that wakes up and he's like, I wake up every morning and I break my arms and break my legs. And I don't know. He says he has bones made out of glass. I know Bryn could do the whole thing, but I'm not going to ask him to do that today. Um, But they sit down and Jess comes in, kind of gives like a rushed kiss to Rory because I'm sure it's like, okay, everybody's staring at us now. And obviously I'm not going to like really, really kiss you in front of your mom. But uh, she invites him to sit down with them. They sit down. He says he's starving and says that Luke told him he couldn't eat until they got there. And Luke's like, that's ridiculous. I didn't say that. And Jess is kind of like, um, okay. So clearly Luke was like, don't eat anything until they get here, Mm -hmm. which is very cute. Uh, He brings all of their food. They sit down. Luke's like, should we say thanks? And they're like, what do we have to say thanks for? And he says, um, you know, that this holiday is when we took land from Native Americans and then gave them all smallpox with blankets. And they're like, okay, we're thankful that that wasn't us. And then they start eating. They talk about how good it is, how Luke's meal is the highlight meal of the day. And that makes him smile Lorelai asks for more marshmallows, so he goes to get marshmallows, Jess goes to get more coffee, and Lorelai chimes in with, no offense, but that was a super lame-o kiss. And they go into this whole conversation about how the whole town is watching Rory. They saw Rory and Dean for so long, and now they have to get used to Rory and Jess, and she doesn't know when that change is going to happen. Lorelai says, well, Dean will start dating someone, too. And then you see that it crosses Rory's mind for the first time that Jess will or that Dean will date someone else, too. Mm -hmm. And I don't think 
she's okay with that. No, she seems like, oh, wait. Yeah. And we know that it doesn't work out Mm -hmm. great because for reasons (laughs) that we'll get into in a different season. Um, But I do think that reaction is interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, I will move on, but he has to be fawning over me until the end of time. Yep. And that sounds a lot like her mother, to be honest. Uh (laughs) But Maury and Babette get up to leave. And Babette says, that was kind of like a half-assed kiss. You got to give it a little something. You got to do the impression. I was like watching this and I was like, oh, I can't wait to. So she turns to Rory and she says, by the way, that was a real half-assed kiss. You got to give it a little something. (laughs) Yeah. It's better when I have a cold, but (laughs) we'll use it. Yeah. Um, so clearly the whole town is watching Mm -hmm. and that's where the scene ends. And I just love Babette and Maury and I've missed them so much. Yeah, they're good. Um, also it was funny because Lorelai was taking food off of Luke's plate. Yeah. When he left or whatever. It looked like she was taking the mashed potatoes (laughs) off of his plate. And she's probably like, this is like eat all this. This is her third Thanksgiving right now. I mean, if we think about it, they didn't eat anything at Suki and Jackson's. Yep. They had a drink and then left. At the Kim's, she threw half the food away Mm -hmm. because she said she took the tofurkey and then was going to stuff it into napkins. So truly. But, But she couldn't do it because she said that. Oh, she was watching her the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. How much has she really eaten at this point? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would save my appetite for Luke's for sure. Me too. Because he that's going to be like, like great mashed potatoes. Yeah, his is going to have like the traditional staples where like, you know, Suki's and Emily's dinner are going to be very like high class sides mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and sometimes you just want the comfort. Yeah. Yeah. And Luke is comfort. All right, we have reached the main event for Thanksgiving. Uh, the Gilmore residents. They have guests in from France, and the female only speaks French, so there's a lot of French going back and forth and translating, although they don't ever translate the French. Mm-mm. We don't know what she's saying <laughs> at all, which I mean, I guess if we're going to if we're going to be like from the view of the Gilmore girls, that would make sense because they don't speak any French. Um, but they ask, oh, uh, Rory, can you speak any French? She says just a little. Um, and then they ask Lorelai, do you speak any French? And she goes, well, the only thing I know how to say in French is voulez-vous coucher avec moi? And Richard almost has a heart attack. And he's like, do you think it's funny asking my friend to spend the night with you? (laughs) But the French woman knows that that's a song. And she says, oh, Lady Marmalade. So then they're all laughing because Lorelai is so funny and hilarious and whatever. You know, who who else is there? Who? Um, 
her character's name is Natalie Swope. We saw her played by Judy Geeson um, from the episode where the auction, John Han episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. The one that was kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. That, like, gave her such friend. high praise. Yes. Yeah. So she's yes. back. With her husband. Yep. And he has a weird look to him. <laughs> like a, a a mobster kind of look, except he's not Italian, I yeah. don't think. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, but yes, thank you for pointing that out, because I couldn't remember the relationship. I just feel there. like they don't, we don't really see a lot of those people, like those types of characters back. No, we very usually often. don't. Yeah. So, yeah, that is an interesting observation because then when they start dinner, she starts talking about her nephew going through applying to all of these different schools and what schools have you applied to? He got turned down by Stanford, which was his dream school. And she says, well, I applied to Harvard and they asked if she applied anywhere else. And Lorelai said, did we apply elsewhere? And the woman cuts in and says, oh, yes, Chilton wouldn't allow you to only apply, apply to one school, which makes sense because they always say, like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have, like, backup schools. Um, and so the husband steps in and he's like, well, if you're applying to Harvard, that means you would be applying to Princeton, Yale, Vassar, etc., etc." And Rory goes, yeah, I did apply to schools like that or those schools. And Lorelai is like, what schools? Which ones? And she says Princeton and Yale. And then Lorelai blows a gasket. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going on the same train as the last episode with you guys are like conspiring against me because she says, Oh, I could live at home. Well, that's something Emily said, or, you know, Richard went to Yale and that's really important to her. And all of these things cause Lorelai to kind of erupt and then leave the table. And Emily excuses herself to follow Lorelai outside. And she says, it's freezing out here. And Lorelai says, well, it's Jamaica out here compared in there, compared to in there. And while we're watching it, Lorelai, or I almost I called you Lorelai. <laughs> Elise goes, oh, my God, shut up. <laughs> and this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. It's mm-hmm. very much about her. Like, oh, we're talking about Rory going to college. This is so exciting and fun and whatever. And then she makes a scene in front of all of Right. Their friends. I also wonder if part of it, too, is because she legitimately did not know that you needed to apply to other schools. Mm-hmm. And everybody else in the room did know that, including Rory. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, great. Now I look like an idiot in front of all of these people because mm-hmm. clearly I didn't go to college. So what would I know? Yeah. And I think that's part of it. And also Rory keeping things from her. But, I mean, at this point, Lorelai kind of needs to accept that there are things that everyone else knows that she doesn't. Yeah. And that doesn't mean she's an idiot. (laughs) And she doesn't need to take it so hard. 
like pouting outside of her parents' house is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And Emily says, you hate us so much that you don't want any part of Rory to, you don't want Rory to have any part of our own lives because that's how much you hate us or, you know, whatever. And she gives it a, like, oh, she gives it like a, a long pause, like a very meditated pause mm-hmm. for in Lorelai to negate that. Right. And she doesn't. No. There's just this long silence. Yeah. And Which Emily is, just like walks off. I think that's pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, do I agree with everything that Richard and Emily have done? No. Do I think this could have been handled differently? Absolutely. But I don't <laughs> think you need to basically admit that you hate your parents for... On Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving. <laughs> For basically convincing your daughter that she should have backup schools. Because what if she didn't get into Harvard? Yeah. Then what? Like, Lorelai puts way too much emphasis on this is happening. And then if it doesn't happen, the world falls apart. Mm -hmm. But it could have been prevented had she applied elsewhere. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I don't understand. I, I, yeah. She's I, just, yeah. Like we discussed this the last episode. She's trying, her parents are trying to, were trying to control her narrative before. Now she's doing that with Rory. Right. She's doing the same thing. And it's, let the dinner be about Rory. Mm-hmm. And why do you need to air out like your grievances with your parents in front of all of these people? It's really uncomfortable and it makes you look really immature. It makes you look unthanksgiving. Unthanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. It's very clear Lorelai is very (laughs) (laughs) anti-Thanksgiving. All right. We are with Lane and her mother. And Dave Rogalski. I think I keep saying Rogalski, and it's Rogalski. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I think don't... I've ever said it right. That's fine. We'll just say Dave, and mm-hmm. that's all that matters. Um, it's the end of the evening. She sends him off with tons of leftovers, lots of tofurkey, and a check. She pays him for playing. And Lane says, "And you played solid for five hours. Mm. Whatever. Uh, he leaves and Lane discovers that he conveniently forgot his Bible. So she's going to go run after him and give it to him. And before she leaves, Mrs. Kim says, wait, let me see that. And she looks inside and it says, this Bible belongs to God, but is being used by Dave Rogalski. <laughs> and I'm like, that is such a clever detail. Mm-hmm. He goes <laughs> like the extra mile. Yes. And she's very impressed by that and says you may bring it to him so she runs around and meets him at the tree behind her house and they have this like back and forth i'm so sorry that she made you play with no breaks for five hours he goes i made 20 dollars and i'm like that's only four dollars an hour but then bryn reminded us that minimum wage was a little higher than that but He says he's getting a lot of calls now to play 
and that she should be getting a commission for it because he's getting more money that way. Um, and they have like this little back and forth and it ends with him kissing her and it starts to play um, the man who sold the world, the Bowie version, the original version. So good. Um, he walks away and she's like standing there. And I think if this would have been like a full blown comedy sitcom, she would have passed out, mm-hmm. but it's not that way. So she's kind of left there like in a daze. Yeah. At that point, the girls are walking. They get to Suki and Suki's plastered at the same spot where they left her. And Jackson and his family have deep fried almost everything at this point. Um, Suki's very far gone. And promises she'll go to bed soon if they haven't deep fried that. And Lorelai and Rory just kind of laugh and they're like, she won't remember this tomorrow. But it does show you get to see a little bit more of Suki's humor, Melissa McCarthy's humor. Um, very similar to Bridesmaid's humor. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can see that. What's it? The character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what her name is in mm-hmm. it. But... You can just kind of see, like, the outline yes. of that kind of comedy that yeah. she goes into. Mm-hmm. Which is eventually what a lot of people know her for. Mm-hmm. Um, and was very shocking to me, seeing Bridesmaids and seeing yeah. her in that and being like, I did Suki. I did watch Tammy not that long ago. Is that the... Um, which one is that? It's where uh, Susan Sarandon's in it. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I actually laughed a lot. Like, a I ton. Watched, um, Identity Theft. Okay. I watched that one. Was that one funny? It was okay. I feel like she kind of got in a rut where she was playing a lot of the same mm-hmm. character. But, I don't know. I yeah. mean, it was fine. She's she's hilarious. Yeah, she really is. Um, Then they are heading to Luke's. They're kind of making their rounds now to like wrap up Thanksgiving. And he's like, I don't have any food left. And he's telling Jess that he needs to go to Dozie's to throw this trash away. Um, while Jess walks off with the trash bag, Rory stops him, plants a big one on him and goes inside. Um, her timing is weird though, because she does it right in front of the diner where her mom can, like, see it happen. And I don't know if she's, like, trying to prove to her mom that, like, not all of their kisses are lame kisses or what. I have no <laughs> idea. But she runs back inside, and Jess turns around, and Dean is standing om- ominously at the end of the sidewalk. Like, and, like, in the dark. Under street light. Yeah. It was dark. It's like, what the oh, hell? God. And Jess is like, okay, and keeps walking. And basically, he's like, this is my town. I'm not going to let you walk all over me. Blah, blah, blah. Like, where's all your one-liners now, Jess? He's like, basically, I tried to be nice to you before, but now Rory's not my girlfriend. I don't have to be nice anymore. Yeah, I don't the have to- roles have reversed. Yeah. Because Jess says, yeah, if I fight you, she's going to think it was my fault. Mm-hmm. So I'm not fighting you. And he's like, well, where's the Boy Scout jokes or the Farmer Joe lines? Mm-hmm. 
I have my apron with me. Do you want to say anything about that? Like really trying to like bait him and he's not falling for it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this is getting a little too West side story for me, Dean. He already used that joke with him. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. And wasn't that also a joke used with Tristan and Dean? Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I do enjoy a good West side (laughs) story reference. It's like the same context every single time. Totally. Um, so they don't fight. Jess is like, whatever, throws away the trash. Dean walks off and it's like, you're claiming this is your town when you like just moved here. Weird. Yeah. It's not like he's been here the whole time, but whatever. They go back inside of Luke's diner and Lorelai and Rory ask if he has any roles to go. And he's like, um, of course I do. But he's like, I can't believe you could eat anymore after this. And if you look in the background, you can see that he found a vase to put the flowers in. Because when they gave him the flowers, he was like, we do this every year. I don't have a vase. And she's like, you could get one. Figure it out. Um, so which he is, figured it out. Yep, he figured it out. And he's got them on display. They take the rolls. And the two of them say it was a great Thanksgiving, and that's where it ends. Mm -hmm. So, let's go right into our town hall. We call this town meeting to order. All right. Any general notes about direction writing? Uh, not really. I don't really have anything right now. No, I don't either. It felt pretty standard. I was actually a little disappointed almost because I felt like Kenny Ortega did such a great job with They Shoot Gilmore's, don't they? With like the orchestrating all the different Mm storylines. And this one did really like flow one right into the other, but it didn't, it wasn't groundbreaking. No. And it's a Dan episode, so it's also not, like, groundbreaking. It was just an episode. It was just an ep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go into our Our trivia. trivia. Okay. What do you have? So today I don't have a lot. I'm so sorry. I just have two today. We are crunched on time today anyway, so that's totally fine. So two questions. What is Logan's mom's first name? Um, that's a great question. Is it start with an M? No. Okay, then I have no idea. It's Shira. Shira. Okay. Season six, episode seven. Lorelai wants to throw a skit with Luke for Halloween. What is the theme? Is she going to electrocute him? Is it Frankenstein? It's mad scientists. So oh, basically. Basically. Okay. Yes. I remember that because then doesn't um, Babette go into the whole thing where they pretend to hang Maury? <laughs> and she's so. like, that's nothing. <laughs> and it's like, she goes and, and he'll black out. And then I, you know, let him back up and he eventually comes back too. It's oh totally my God. fine. Yeah. Because she can't lift him. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I do recall that conversation, (laughs) mainly because of Babette, of course. Yeah. So, all right. 
Pop culture? Yes. Am I first this week? I think you are. Okay. So this week, I decided to do uh, the Kennedys because they make a reference to the Kennedy curse at the beginning of the episode. And so I wanted to touch on... Basically, they're talking about um, the hidden Kennedys, which is a reference to Rosemary Kennedy. So Rosemary Kennedy was born in 1918, and she had a lack of oxygen in her brain when she was born. So she experienced a lot of seizures and mood swings. Um, When she was 23 years old, the Kennedys had her get a prefrontal lobotomy which uh, permanently left her incapacitated and rendered her unable to speak intelligibly. So most of the time she was being cared for in an institution in Wisconsin. They kept the truth of her situation and where she was staying under lock and key for a very long time. She was isolated from her siblings. Her family did not go and visit her very often either. She was pretty much on her own, which is really crazy to think with a family that's so high status and high power that they could keep this hidden is pretty incredible for lack of a better word, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, So... They sent her there when she was 16. Um, She was educated. She had two nuns and a special teacher that worked with her every day. So she still got an education. Um, She basically was performing at like a fourth grade level. So the only time she saw her family really was um, when she was in At this school, her brother John came with her to a dance, like a little tea party that they had at the school. And that was kind of it. Like they really didn't want people to know anything about her. And what they what the Kennedy said about her was that she was studying to be a kindergarten teacher And that she had an interest in social welfare work, but she wanted, but she is said to also have a secret longing to go on stage and perform, but that she would never be able to do that because of her intellectual disability. Um, She did get to meet the queen, uh, King George and Queen Elizabeth at Buckingham Palace when he was when Kennedy was presented as a debutante and at the event she tripped and fell and she never discussed the incident because they were worried that like it contributed to issues that she had later in life. Um, so they were able to keep it all very, very quiet. And it's interesting because she actually lived until 2005 um, but they like it did it took their father dying for her to be reintroduced back to the family. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really involve her in anything until after the father had passed. Um, which is 
rather interesting. Mm-hmm. But she did end up dying of natural causes. In 2005, she was 86 years old. Um, she's buried beside her presence. Or parents, not presence. But the interesting thing is, a lot of the Kennedy siblings died prematurely. Like, we all know about JFK. We know about Bobby. They had another sister that died in a plane crash. And another son that died, um, I believe, in the military. And so the one that they, like, set up for the least amount of success has lived the longest. Crazy. Yeah. So that's the Kennedy curse. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. There's a lot of videos on it. If you really want to do, like, a deep dive, it's very fascinating. Oh, it sounds like it. Yeah. Mine's Kennedy related, too. Okay. It's Great Gardens. Yeah. Um, they already kind of explained it in the beginning, but I'm just going to go in a little bit further. No, I would love to, because I, I want to decide, like, if this is what I need to watch next. Oh, I think it, it should be. Okay, so Great Gardens is a 1975 American documentary film by Albert and David Mal... I don't know how to say it. Mal- That's all right. Maisley's. Maisley's. David Maisley's. Okay. Um, It depicts the everyday lives of two reclusive upper-class women, a mother and daughter, both named Edith Beale, who live in in poverty at the Great Gardens. So Edith Ewing Bovier Beale, who is Big Edie, and her daughter Edith Bovier Beale, known as Little Edie, were the aunt and the first cousin of the former for U.S. First Lady, Jacqueline Kennedy. Onassis. Oh. Onassis. Oh. Okay. So, the, the two women lived together at the Grey Gardens estate for decades with limited funds and um, turned into complete isolation. Their house was designed in 1897 by Joseph Greenleaf Thorpe and purchased in 1923 by Big Edie and her husband, so Big Edie died in 1977, 1977, and 2002 is when Little Edie. So is died. this like based on a true story? Yes. Like the show is like a reality show? This is a documentary. I had no idea. I thought it was like made up people. No, it's absolute truth. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, they're, like, related to Jackie Kennedy. Oh, right. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. And, okay. like, they didn't, and there was a big controversy. They were, like, when when this documentary came out, people were, like, coming after Jackie. Like, how could you let them live this way? Interesting. Yeah, so in the movie, not the not the documentary, but in the movie with Jessica Lange and Drew Barrymore, the lady from Big Love, I can't remember her name, but the first wife plays Jackie. Oh. And she does come over. They show her coming over there, which is true. She did go over there. Now I want to watch it. Yeah. I thought it was just, like, made up. I didn't understand the relation to the Kennedys. Yeah. So, okay. Interesting. All right. Where we lead, you can follow us at underscore growing up Gilmore underscore on all major social media platforms linked in the description below. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week. Next week, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 10. That'll do, Pig. And remember, life's short. Talk fast. Bye, everyone. Bye.
one, two, three. What a la la's. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>